Welcome to the Sun-Dried Tomatoes podcast. I'm your host and creator, Anthony Oso. If you're watching on YouTube, you can find the audio-only version of the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher. Please follow, download, and subscribe where applicable. For those listening to the audio version, I also have the video version on the Sun-Dried Tomatoes YouTube channel. Please subscribe there as well and check out other shows that will feature sports, brewing, music, food, other random things. I have my show Random Reactions on IGTV as well, uh, as well as YouTube, some other videos on the NFL draft and European football or soccer to those in the United States, and a few new series that are both also out on YouTube right now, Legends of the Diamond, where I talk about some of the greatest ball players of all time that weren't allowed to play in the MLB from the late 1800s to early mid-1900s, and Brewing the Facts, where I show you my process of home brewing a raspberry jalapeno wheat ale, uh, also talking about interesting facts, such as brewing in medieval times or the origins of beer pong, uh, you can check out both shows in its entirely, four episodes each. Uh, they Both season ones are on YouTube right now. If you want to go check those out, uh, please like and subscribe there as well. And you can also follow me on Instagram at E-C-L-E-C-T-I-C underscore I-O-Z-Z-O. That's eclectic underscore E-O-Z-O uh, on Instagram to learn a little bit more about myself and also to uh, see some companion pieces that I will have every once in a while uh, from YouTube and Instagram videos. Uh, and today is a very, very, very special uh, episode of the Sun-Dried Tomatoes podcast as it's the first one that's face-to-face. And uh, we also welcome back Javi Hortado, who, if you remember, was in the first ever episode of this podcast talking about the uh, short-lived uh, European Super League. Uh, and... We had some interesting things to say about that, if you remember. Uh, it was pretty fun. Today, we're going to talk about some Premier League soccer as the season uh, at this recording hasn't started yet, but it will start uh, this weekend, technically. A couple of games will have been played by the time you listen to this podcast. We'll also talk about the Champions League, uh, other international football talk. Obviously, you've got the bombshell messy news that's been coming out this whole time. Um, you know, and, and again, this is, uh, this is fun to, to be face to face and, uh, talking to Javi over here, um, as everything's been online and hopefully I'll have more face to face, uh, podcasts in the future, uh, especially when I have my proper studio set up, but, uh, you know, right now this is, uh, this is gonna hopefully be, be good enough. And, uh, you know, first, uh, Javi, you know, like what's going on, man, uh, obviously you came up to visit Minnesota. So, so, you know. So, so what's up with you and, and uh, how was that? Uh, how's it been so far? Well, uh, your beer is delicious. <laughs> the jalapeno beer is very good. Uh, that is what I'm drinking right now. And I love it. So very good job. Uh, yeah, we're here to basically hang out with some friends, but mostly to catch that White Sox game on Monday. And how about them socks? You know, oh, yeah. uh, I had a great series against the Cubs and uh, they're looking great. I kind of hope, uh, you know, Abreu doesn't get in, uh, keep on getting beamed all the time, but um <laughs> Yeah. You know, when you're boss, that's what happens. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's uh, at the time right now, still full stadium from what I understand. Uh, COVID restrictions, I think we might have to wear um, uh, mandates right now with masks inside, which is fine, no big deal. But, um, you know, going to games in person with friends, um, even seeing you right now is a blessing. And, 
you know, we're going to hopefully see a very good game on Monday. Yeah, and so. uh, I'm excited. Luis Robert might be back for this game. As yes. Well. Yes. So everyone listening to this or watching this, he might have already been back in like, you know, rock and home runs and stuff. So hopefully we'll see some of the first. Yes. (laughs) I hope to see some internal fireworks and they're not going to be shooting them off for him. But you know what? Um, From what I've heard about the stadium and uh, I love Minnesota uh, in general, but like Minneapolis is a great city. Very cool. Um, Everyone's very friendly here as far as uh, I've ran into. Uh, I'm sure it'll be a little different going to a game as uh, with different opposing teams, but um, I'm excited for the food. I'm excited for our seats. Pretty good seats. I think we got, and uh, yeah, it should be a a fun game and hopefully uh, a big win for the White Sox. So, Oh yeah. Yeah. And hopefully by the time we listen to this, you can look back and it was a big win. Yes, I agree. I agree. (laughs) So yeah, baseball is uh, the big one that we're going on right now. Um, you know, as you talked earlier, the whole messy thing happening. I have my dad's in Mexico right now, and he texted me, I think, five in the morning. He's like, it's happening. The medical's happening. He's going to PSG. And I'm like, holy crap. You know, Messi just got done doing a huge uh, press conference at Barcelona, and everyone was, like, crying and clapping. And, you know, I remember when I first got into the sport – Messi, I think, was just coming out of the youth ranks and everything like that. And, you know, Ronaldinho was playing for Barcelona. And it was a very – Frank Ricard was uh, the coach. And it was – Barcelona has always been known to play really good football. And, obviously, competing with Real Madrid and the Galacticos with David Beckham and Zidane and everything like that. So, they were pretty much the team in Spain. So, now it's Barcelona's turn coming in with all these big players. It was just around when Sergio Ramos started becoming a big name player in Real Madrid, too. That's how far back it's been going. Yeah, yeah. But uh, Messi, you know, uh, uh, even in the beginning, a lot of comparisons with Diego Maradona, uh, the Argentine connection, it's just, it was always there. And seeing him evolve from being like a little stunted growth kid and Barcelona helping him get to the point where he could excel past that scene to the great, the, the goat, as they call him. And now basically him and Ronaldo has been, they've been battling together throughout their whole career of who's better. You know, Messi's shorter, but he's like, you know, the, he, his left foot is insane. And the way he scores goals, the way he maneuvers between people. And he also had a, one of those hand uh, the hand of God goals too, just like Maradona, which, I mean, come on. Um, it's unbelievable. It is. And we're coming to an era kind of like how in basketball where, you know, LeBron's getting older and we're seeing a lot of like the other players from that earlier 90s draft, like starting to retire too. I mean, you know, seeing Vince Carter retire. I remember seeing that guy do dunk contests, yeah. flying, half man, half amazing. And it's like, oh my God, you know, we got to appreciate some of these players and how good they are because we're seeing them at the prime. Now yeah. that Messi's going to be leaving Barcelona, it's the end of an era. I mean, oh, yeah. were you, you know, surprised by that, by the way? No, I mean, I, mean, I, I was surprised that happened now Yeah, because Kunagro left Man City. You know, it was about time he's declining, but him and Messi have a really good relationship and Kun's wife's father's Diego Maradona so like the ties there and everything like that and uh Kuhn's son grand uh, godfather is Messi so that's just like football legacy like that kid's gonna have a really hard time like growing up it's like oh, yeah. who's your grandpa who's your dad who's your godfather <laughs> like 
and and you know it's um the expectations exactly and it's in their blood i mean you know argentinians love football they're crazy about it i I mean we are too mexican people are as well so you know some very exciting seeing what the future brings and barcelona that's what they're at right now they've overspent a lot of money um with i mean starting even with my team with buying uh felipe coutinho um it's a lot of money and he didn't really take off that well. He was playing out of position and it just didn't work for the system that they had. And um, then he got loaned out to Bayern Munich and he won the Champions League and the Bundesliga. So, you know, a lot of people may be giving him saying like, oh, he's you know injured all the time. He's washed up. But when used correctly, that guy, just like when he played for us, he was a magician. That's what they call him that That's for. That's kind of how it goes. And, and actually that brings to the point, if it is, if everything clears and he ends up going to PSG or to be honest, even if he doesn't go and he goes to some other team, uh, you know, the whole, are they going to gel together? Are they going to have the chemistry a lot? It's tough. Like in soccer, you got to know what people are going to be. You have to anticipate. There's a lot of crosses, um, you know, and if you're, I mean, there's, there's a lot to know. If the midfield has to know you, like, are you going to break at this point? Otherwise you deal with offsides and all that kind of stuff. Um, and also to get you open, to get you chances, you know, are you going to be there? And then are you going to finish? Like we know Messi can finish, but I've known guys that were fantastic, go to teams and then struggle to get goals just because it's a little different. Maybe they're in a different position. Maybe the pass isn't what they normally expect. It takes a little bit of time to kind of get used to your teammates. So you think he goes to PSG, you think they're favorites in like the Champions League, or do you think that uh, it's too hard to tell at this point and you have to wait? Um, well, we look at the last Champions League and seen how far PSG went to the point where, you know, they were so close to getting to the final and then, you know, Man City and everything like that. Um, I'm for, you know, I'm happy Chelsea won. As my dad's a huge Chelsea yeah. fan, he was over the moon that they won as well. Yeah. Um, but like you said, it really depends on how they mesh because at the end of the day, football, you may have outbreak players, but if they don't mesh together and they don't play in the system that they shine in, they'll suffer. Like again, Coutinho is a big example of that. When you use him to what he's good at, like in Bayern, when he was doing it, being a super sub or whether at the time they were like, had injuries with either Lewandowski or Molnar or something like that, he was able to fill those little areas where they can, he doesn't have to run because he's not, he can't run like he used to, but he can still be a good position, playing people in position and playing people to their strengths and make everyone else better. So Messi going to PSG, I prefer him going there than going to Man City. Now that Man City signed Jack Grealish to a hundred million pounds. I mean, nice to have all that money. it must be nice. Yeah. 300, I think it was like 300,000 uh, pound a week, Yeah, you know, which is, crazy. which is crazy, but you know, you have to under, also understand they, one of the big things is Jack Grealish is also English. So he yeah. definitely has that English tax playing into the Premier League. I mean, now he's going to sell shirts like crazy, but he's a good player. He played amazing in the Euros. Um, yeah. England looked great. And uh, I mean, I, I was always, I'm always on the impression that England, a lot of the players there are more play more for the club rather than the country, yeah. especially when you look at more of like the, the Northern part of England, but that's a different you know, topic and different debate for a different time. Yeah. But England, they've always had good players. They've always had a good team. Um, I'm not a huge fan of Southgate, you know, the coach, but sometimes he didn't make it right. And sometimes they look great. Yeah. And then, you know, we can talk about just like you talk about transfers, you know, now we're talking about Harry Kane and uh, I'm sure Man City was like, man, we just threw all this money at Jack Grealish and we're about to get Harry Kane. Maybe we should have uh, held off on that and gotten messy instead. But uh, um 
I don't even think Messi would, I don't know if he would do well in the Premier League. The Premier League is a very fast league and very physical. And, and in early August at this point that we're recording, uh, Man City did offer two years according to reports. Right. And I think... Uh, so he either turned that down or, you know, it's an untrue report. We don't know what's true and what's not. Right. And at the time now, I think I just read an article, uh, PSG is being sued from fair play. Uh for supposedly breaching things with Barcelona unless approaching them. I think the current offer right now is two years plus an additional year contract. If things go right. Um, we don't know. Um, I hope out of all things, consider that he does go to PSG out of all the other teams. Um, I just think it'd be yeah, very you know, interesting. Juventus was another one he might go to. I mean, if he does go to Juventus, like it would be interesting to see him and Ronaldo play together on a team, <laughs> but everyone is saying Ronaldo is going to leave. But Hey, I mean, Dybala, is there who's a good friend of Messi's as well, both Argentine. And if having him with Ronaldo in the front line, that's one scary looking uh, team. Oh, yeah. And um, it doesn't matter that they're getting up in age. They're still very, very good. Oh, they're very capable. Yeah. I mean, there's still, they, they still will take them. several years left of yeah. being before we see a true decline. And even their decline, when you're a superstar, your decline is still, you're still better than some of the average players. As, oh, as no, not only that, but their experiences. You know, the, yeah. the, we're talking about Champions Leagues. So we're talking about help your younger teammates yeah. or, or people that maybe aren't used to playing in those big games. Right, you know? right. And, um, I mean, especially if it goes to Italy. Like, Italy, you know, they, it's a different league. And, it's um, getting better. Uh, well, it, it's very good. But what I mean is, like, it's not as fast as the Premier League. So, even if you're older, I mean, when Ibrahimovic went to AC back to AC Milan, he looks great. Yeah. And he just came back from playing in the MLS where everyone's like, oh, he's done. He's not playing anymore. He's just signed, I think, another year contract with AC Milan. He's playing very well. Yeah. And he's up there in age too. But, yeah. I mean, the guy, he's – uh too because you talk about the leagues not being uh, – obviously, the Premier League is kind of fast in its own league. Um, you know, you also get worn down a lot more. Oh, yeah. So, if you're playing Champions League and Premier League, you know, it might be better for an older player to be Champions League in another league. Like, you right. Know, you know, like, you know, Spain or Italy or France, or right. Even Germany. Right. So. No, absolutely. So we'll see what happens with Messi. I, um, I personally hope he goes to PSG. Um, I like Posh as a coach and, um, him having Messi on top of all the other signs they got, uh, you know, they just got, uh, horrible things, but they just got the AC Milan goalkeeper, um, who's very good. And he had a great Euros as well with Italy yeah. and, uh, they, yeah. There you go. Yeah. And uh, they have, um, you know, Jeannie Wallen from Liverpool on a free. And I don't care what you say. I know some people think he's overrated. Some people think he's not that great, but he plays very well. And I mean, just ask Messi, Messi how he feels about when he played against him in Anfield, uh, four goal for a four zero game against Barcelona. He won a Champions League that year. So the guy knows how to win. He knows how to play. So I think he's going to be a great uh, addition in the midfield. And um I mean, it's going to be very exciting being a, a Paris fan uh, right now. Oh, yeah. And uh, I think um, depending on how Posh sets them up and how the season goes, hopefully no injuries for anyone. And uh, yeah, Especially with the pandemic. Oh, yeah. You see it in baseball now. It's it's tough when you had to play different. You know, right. You know, granted, they played through their Premier, Premier League season and mm-hmm. other seasons, mm-hmm. but it was, it was a little – it was different. You didn't have the fans. And I think their training was different because of the pandemic right. and the protocols. And all that. Right. And now that fans are, I mean, Liverpool played today in a friendly against at, uh, athletic Bilbao. And, um, you know, it's, it's crazy seeing the fans all back, seeing them, you know, cheering and everything like that. And you can tell 
I mean, Anfield when it's empty, it's just another stadium. I know, you know the history of the stadium itself, but a lot of it's the fans yeah. and people talk about how they don't want to go to Anfield during European games because of how yeah. how it is. Like you know, the whole place is shaking. I've been there myself, yeah. and makes you wonder if Everton would have been this bad at Goodison Park if they had fans. Uh, they would they would have heard a lot of stick. I mean, you know, that's the thing. Like they would have got booed when they weren't. Oh, oh yeah, <laughs> oh yeah. And I mean, can you imagine them coming back right now, especially the stands with the new manager that. You know, we could talk about Rafa Benitez and how uh, they, from a lot, of, from what I've seen, a majority of Everton fans did not want him there. Um, yeah, obviously, funny. We could, I got some notes on earlier to talk about because uh, I have some thoughts on that. I know you have a lot of thoughts. On well, you know, the man won us a Champions League. I, yeah. you know, I love the man, and uh, not only that, but he's been staying at Liverpool since he's been appointed yeah, there. He's, he's got it in his blood, right? He's been giving back to the Hillsborough charity a lot. Um, and that's yeah. the thing is that one of the things I think he's actually going to be dedicated to Everton now. Oh know, yeah, things happen, you know, and you never know what's going to happen. People offer you contracts. I actually see Benitez as staying to fulfill whatever his plan is, yeah, unless he gets sacked. Yeah, yeah. It, 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 he has a short leash for sure. No, for sure. I mean, the man has won stuff, and you know, obviously he's coached in China, and people are saying like, oh, well, he coached in China. Like, why is he coaching in Everton? Like, you know. But at the end of the day, he has more experience than who else are you going to get? Yeah. Uh, in my opinion, I think he. For had, not playing in Europe. Too. Right. For not playing in Europe, for the situation they have. And like, not only that, but the way Ancelotti just left the team. And I'm oh, sure the locker room, too, is. They're, they're in some trouble, too. I actually just read an article, uh, not just Ancelotti, but the, the last couple of managers that they've had, because they've had so many in so short a period of time. Uh, they are in trouble because they spent a lot of money on certain players that didn't pan out. They didn't make Europe. So the, the, the way the rules are, uh, they're actually strapped for cash, which is why they're not making yeah. And the new stadium's being built too. Yeah. Uh, so they're not making those big splashes. Now, granted, it's hard to get transfers anyway when you're not in Europe, but um, you know, uh, they made the Townsend signing, which is going to be good. We talked about that a little bit later as well, but uh you know, they're probably not going to make a splashy thing. Like they have to work, like Benitez is going to try to get guys that are going to play in a system. Um, they do have the benefit of only having to play domestic cups in the Premier League. So right. they're not going to be stretched as much. Right. Sometimes you can steal wins later in the year with teams that have to play backups mm-hmm. and things like that. So, so it, I mean, they should be able to get an improvement from 10th to at least seventh or sixth. Like it's kind of ridiculous that they, that they've struggled so hard. Well, yeah, they were second place. They're in first place for a while. They, I mean, you know, the joke around town is that Liverpool was, you know, not going to make the champions league and Everton were. And, um, (laughs) which which, I mean, well, yeah, no, I mean, that's why I love the sport. Like, you know, ever since, like you see teams like Leicester who won it, even though they have great players and all that other stuff. But like the thing that's great about the premier league is that, in reality, anyone could beat anyone. Oh yeah, you and know. We saw that, and we've seen it a ton of times. Yeah, when Sheffield takes out Everton. Yeah, know, on the road. About yeah, that. that's literally the reason why they're not Europe. Yeah, relegation team who clearly was like, all right, you're not going to be in the Premier League next year. Like, you know, they still fought, and they could beat teams mm-hmm. with like, you know, good players and all that other stuff. So. Um, Actually, that, we can talk about this later, too. I think that's why, like, when you see my points of why I think Benitez is going to do good, those games are the reason, and we've talked about that in a, in a second, because I think that his system is actually going to work well with what Everton's weaknesses were uh, by strengthening but we can we talk about that. And actually, we might as well just jump right into the Premier League now. We've been talking about it. I love 
uh, like, you know, I've always been a casual fan this past year, um, following Everton more, becoming a fan of Everton and just, uh, just watching more primarily, like I watched so many different games, you know, Everton actually played a lot of games in the latest window. Uh, so all the, you know, here, obviously all the games are in the morning and early afternoon because it's night there. Right. Uh, so it's like, you know, some games are at like six, eight a.m. You know, it, you could watch like the whole slate of games, right? And, and then it's like three o'clock, and you know, you could do your regular day today, right? <laughs> like, right. Kind of Assuming nice. you're not well with, without COVID. I mean, you know, pre-COVID, uh, you know, I'd be at the pub watching all the games, yeah. and uh, you know, I'd be coming home. Kate's like, you know, did you have a good time? I'm like, well, yeah, I watched like five back-to-back games, yeah. had a couple beers with some friends, and, they're and all uh, good. Oh yeah. They all have their moments. And, oh yeah. And that's the thing. I unfortunately like, so I, I look back and watch a lot of Everton's early games. Cause you could, you know, if you have the, you know, all the streaming services, mm-hmm. they have games saved. So you could go watch them. So I watched a lot of games just to watch them to really see how Everton played when they were doing really well. Because when I started to watch every single Everton game, I think they won three matches in that time. Like they had a rough stretch there at the end that cost them Europe. Right. And uh, a lot of reasons why, but uh, you know, like I'm going to start actually with Everton because I think that uh, Everton is a team that uh, should be able to uh, make some ground up this year and I'm very excited for the season to see what happens nothing is guaranteed and the fact that they're not going to be getting the transfers and the big name transfers I don't expect them to like win the Premier League but to get into a top position or even sneak into the top four you never know and and you know sometimes when the system works well you can make a really big thing we were talking about Rafa Benitez and, and a lot of people obviously were against him, not just because of the rivalry with Everton and Liverpool. And yeah, there was some racist nonsense as well, but I don't even want to bring that in because it's not worth the light of day to even talk about, but uh, because it's just stupid, you know, just ignorant people. But uh, they were mad that Rafa Benitez is always a defense first guy. Like he plays through the backfield and then kind of builds the team that Mm -hmm. way. And, and, I actually think that when you look at what Everton did last year and the games they struggled, especially at home, all 10 players uh, besides the goalie were not buying into the defense. They were not playing away from the ball. It was costing them like the, the mid, as soon as, you know, if, if DCL and uh, Richardson weren't getting the passes from the midfield, they turned it over and then there was a big breakaway the other way. And then you didn't have everybody trying to stop them. So the team would possess the ball forever, essentially kicking it around. That's a lot of work. A lot of energy is being spent. And, you know, like even guys like Rodriguez, they just weren't every play. They weren't playing every play, it seemed. Um, and it cost them in a big way. And I don't think that happens as Benita's a system. That's probably why Rodriguez doesn't fit in his system because he's definitely a guy that's been known to not necessarily want to play defense. He wants to just speed up and try to score goals, which is cool. I mean, but it just doesn't fit in the system. And I think that Benita's is going to bring that like defensive toughness Um and he's going he's gonna to make them play in a system where they're going to stop turning the ball over as much in the midfield because I, I, they could – the Manchester City game at the end that they lost 5 nothing for the goals because they turned it over in the midfield. Like, it, it, if they don't – it's a one nothing game. You never know what happens at that point. They also had a couple of, you know, shots that almost went in that could have changed it, um, you know. And 
Now, I know people want to see more goals. They want to see exciting soccer. They want to see guys going, speeding up the middle and the, and the left and right wing, you know, crosses, beautiful goals, all this crazy stuff. But you have to play within your needs. Like Everton didn't, I mean, yeah, they have some guys like DCL or Charleston that could make beautiful kicks. You know, they had some midfielders, you know, like, you know, Alon's really good at, at, at pushing the ball forward. But at the same time, it's just, you have to play with what you have. And if you play strong, you have a strong backfield and, 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 and a decent midfield that's able to possess the ball and kind of keep things center so that when you do get a chance, uh, you know, you're not already down three or nothing. That's going to be important. I think that helps Everton in a big way. Um, you know, and, and I think that was the problem with Encelotti. He's been, you know, he's been known to pamper his stars and pretty much he kept coming in the media saying everybody has to play. The reason why we're losing is because, you know, like guys aren't committed to everything. Yeah. Well, but you kind of created that atmosphere because you let people kind of take plays off or take this off because they want to do this, do that. Uh, everybody's got to work hard. And if they want to make Europe, they, they're going to have to work hard. And I think Rafa Benitez is a guy that's going to, to do well. And, and I think a good example of how Benitez's style can beat someone like Ancelotti, who everybody thought was going to open everything up, uh, just look to the miracle of Istanbul. Because <laughs> yeah. it was Benitez that took out Ancelotti's yeah. system. Right. Um, and if you notice that second half comeback, what started it? Uh, the backfield and the midfield played very well. And, and they, they, they stopped chances, they possessed the ball, and they were able to get chances themselves. And then they obviously scored yeah. and tied the game. And yeah. then and then it, it wasn't to get to the PKs, there were a lot of chances by AC Milan, but the, the, the backfield and the midfield held up enough. And it was because of winning as a system. So, I, like, for you, like, what do you think in that sense? You, I mean, do you agree with that? Or, or? So, first off, I'm going to say, you know, Steven Gerrard is a big reason of that win too. Oh, I mean, yeah. I mean, but, but it all stems from my biggest take from all this is that if you do not have a team that tracks back, especially when in the premier league, look at Man City, look at Liverpool, when do they get their goals? Mostly when it comes from a mistake from the other team and the counterattack, the counterattack is lethal because everyone just pushes all their cards up. And that's why, especially Liverpool, they didn't have a stable center back. I mean, we talk about, I think in the original podcast, we're talking about the pairings that Liverpool have gone through with no Van Dyke, no Joe Gomez, and even Matt Tip was out too. It was like, you know, you have no stability about there. Allison is a great goalie, but if you have no one in front of you, the goals are going to come in. And, you know, Liverpool still had that mindset of like, let's go full all in on attack. But as soon as they turn it over, you know, they got to track back too. But when you have your fullbacks of both Andy Robinson and Trent going all the way up, you got two guys and then Jordan Henderson in the back, most likely trying to make sure no, you know, you have people like De Bruyne and then Sterling and all these other big name, you know, Man City players coming at you. It's kind of hard to stop them. And Everton, I mean, no disrespect to your center backs, but you need to have guys that are not only big, but fast too, to hold these guys off. Yes. Um, we talk about Everton, in the beginning when they came back from the pandemic. And the first thing I've noticed was Calvert-Lewin was a man possessed. He was scoring ever since the pandemic was uh, over in the premier league where the players started coming back and playing. He was on fire. When he came back to the next season, in the beginning, he was also on fire. Calvert-Lewin was just possessed. He 
looked like a proper striker. He got called up to England and everyone started noticing. And then, you know, the pairing with Charleston there, Allen as well. And Rodriguez were like, Oh my God, this is looking like enchiladas coming in. Everton was like, it looked like it was going to be like, man, champions league, you know, like, you know, Europe, Europa league, like that was expected. And, um, but just like anything, you know, if you don't, if your players don't all buy in, your players don't track back, especially in the Premier League, you're going to get punished. And that's what happened. And you that's know. why they lost, too, because that's how upsets happen. You know? Yeah. What, what, why do the teams that are either close to being relegated or just not, they don't have the personnel to keep up with the top teams, right. why do they get upsets? Because they play that, they, they, they make sure that they're doing all the little things right. They, yeah. play, they play back when they need to, and they'll push up. Yeah. When they need Look to. at Newcastle. They were fighting for relegation pretty much the whole season, and they were having some really bad games and some bad droughts. But you know they kept up, and when you see them play, like people were like, "Okay, like not an easy team to beat." No, especially at home too. Like they were, they were pretty good. And Newcastle, you know, coming the forward, I think Newcastle is going to be one of those teams that probably will start making their way, battling Everton for that mid table, maybe even Europa. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, I know they're. Ownership might be bought out. Some people interested in that. So that also money coming in, they're going to be able to sign some players as well. So it's going to be very interesting. Um, Everton How is Benitez is leached, by the way? Depends on who it is. Like, <laughs> you know, I, I think um, like we we're talking earlier, Rodriguez, like, you know, the man does not track back. And I don't think Benitez is going to be very shy of sitting him down. Yeah. And I mean, with all the rumors going around, how he wants to go follow Ancelotti back to Real Madrid and everything like that. I mean, he's got to be realistic too. He's getting older yeah. and the new Galacticos or the new Real Madrid. I don't know if there's going to be a place for him there. Yeah. Even though Ancelotti did say, well, I mean, he says a lot of stuff, but he tried to steal all of that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. He tried to take with Charles, you know, as well. but you know, hopefully, you know, Rafa can use this, energy as ammo to be like all right look this guy left you you guys are down in the dumps you know we're gonna get players we're gonna get maybe put people from the youth academy the under 21s you know premier league two and everything like that we're gonna get a team together believe in something and actually go forward because that that alone will bump them up from what 10th play finish yeah yeah yeah, yeah i mean <laughs> to, to me the goal is europa if you don't make europa then I don't know if Benitez is going to stay even longer than a year because yeah. he he is on a short leash from upper management because already a lot of your fans don't want him there. And I get it. Like, They'll that's fine. If they win. And that's the thing. If he starts winning or even silverware start coming in, yeah, I no, mean, no, no, no one's going to complain. It's all going to go. If you complain about trophies, about that i mean i mean i don't i don't know how anyone's gonna take you seriously i mean you know everyone wants to get back to the glory days everyone wants to win the champions league everyone wants to win a a trophy or even a fa cup like that's a big deal i mean um, shows all those highlight videos from when they were good right exactly you know it's like the cubs being like yeah remember when we were good and we had uh you know we had sammy sosa we get we got pretty good right it's like dude no one yeah that's great but like we want trophies we want to stamp ourselves in history you know right now now. you know i'm gonna be alive to see this i don't want to talk to my grandkids like oh yeah i had a really good team that they never made it yeah. And that was the thing. Everton, with all that hype, with Ancelotti signing, with Rodriguez coming in, and you're seeing all these other big players linked from like Real Madrid being like, oh, they want to go play in England. Oh, yeah, they want to play in Liverpool. They want to play with Everton. And you're like, huh? Like, you know, it's exciting. It's very exciting. And I think um, with the new stadium coming, with, um, you know, with Benitez there, I think this is another opportunity that Everton has 
to make that next step because they are a big club. No one can deny that. I mean, you know, they have a lot of history. They have won cups or they have won trophies before. And actually, I mean, at one point they were considered one of the super five or whatever. Right. The big five. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, we can talk about other teams that were up there as well. And then you look at Arsenal, how they are right now and how they ended with Arteta coming in and how a lot of the fans want him out now. You know, other teams have a lot of drama going on with their managers, especially with COVID and all the other stuff going on. Why not? Why can't Everton make that next step? Um, yeah. You know, we've seen crazier things happen in the league. We've seen more upsets in the league. I mean, uh, it, that's what makes the Premier League so fun. And I think um, coming next year, Everton, they got to believe they could do it. Rafa has to get to them. And maybe uh, come to the January window, they'll get someone on loan or they'll get a, uh, a youngster that will make the difference. And uh, I think... Uh, Townsend, I think, is a Town- yeah. It's a good step. I, I mean, I remember Townsend very well from uh, him playing in Crystal Palace and that banger that he scored against Man City. I mean, the guy is solid, and uh, I think he can contribute big time to Everton and the way that they play too. So, and not only that, but he's a good, good guy to have in the backup too, just in case you know you're playing cup games or something like that. He's a great guy to come in. So. Yeah. Townsend's the right direction to go. He also can play off his right or left. So exactly. He's got versatility. Yeah, absolutely. And that's what Everton needs. They need players like that. They need players that can take him to the next step. So Townsend's a great signing. And I think, um, I don't remember the amount that he signed for, but it wasn't really that bad for no. the, the cap hit that they, that well, not cap hit, but the amount of money that he's worth. I think yeah. he will prove it throughout his time there. So and that's kind of how they have to be now smart, because like I said before, they have, they can't just make a big signing. They only have so much room based on right. the rules and, 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 you know, the fair and accountability and right. all that. So uh, it's because they, they, they spent a lot of money on players that didn't pan out. Right. Which I mean, that's, that's sport. That's how it goes. But you know, with a good coach and with a little bit of luck, you know, you'll go pretty far. And, and that's why I think a system is important because yes. you can't just go sign the best players right now. That's just not feasible. It's not going to happen. All these fans are like, get rid of the whole team and sign these guys. It's like, that's not how it works. Like, no. It's like you guys live in Liverpool and follow the Premier League since you were three and you still think this how it works. Like, I mean, <laughs> you know, a lot of people don't. I mean, we we new fans don't realize this, but like, you know, having Trent, he came up from the academy. Andy Robinson was playing for Hull. And I think we bought him for like two, eight million, not even. And now he's well worth that money. But like two of our star fullbacks, they weren't exactly like, you know, big name profile players. They just kind of, you know, everything worked out through the academy or through a good signing that nobody else thought of. And they just kind of fit the system. And that's what Everton has to do. They have to find players that it's like, all right, we're going to give you your shot, whether it be a cup game or, you know, a friendly or something like that. See if they can develop and, I, I think we're paying attention to their system too. They have some very good young players. Right. Um, they just have transferred. They, they transferred to different places. So, you know, I know one guy went to, to, to Italy and, and somebody else, I think, went to Belgium uh, recently. And it's good because. Well, they're playing time. They're going to get experience, big time yeah. experience. Um, they're going to get some playing time. And uh, there's a lot of talk about uh, some of the skills that they might bring. And those are the guys you need to come fill your team. Like maybe they're not going to be your superstar team, but soccer is a team sport. Right. One guy doesn't win you anything. You need everybody to be on the same page and to do their job. Right. You know? The biggest thing we got to both worry about, I mean, is injuries today in the preseason. Uh, 
Andy, Andy Robinson took a pretty bad hit. And uh, I don't know if it's his ankle or if it's his. Uh, Things you fear uh, <laughs> Right. And I mean, you do this. We're a week away from the Premier League opening up. You do want your players to play and you want them to get warmed up because that's how even worse injuries happen when they come in cold. Yeah. So I'm not mad that he was playing. I'm just, it sucks because, you know, with the Van Dyke injury and with the Gomez injury and with all these defensive is- issues that Liverpool have had, it's like, all right, we got our main guys back. We're going to be great. And we have an injury already. And if Liverpool's going to make it, I mean, that's what makes Man City so dangerous. They get an injury. It's like, okay, you have another star player that come off the bench that can start no problem. That's yeah. I mean, they won a lot of games with a B team. In the Premier League. Right. <laughs> right. I mean, they could, their B team could fill up a, a Premier League spot on by themselves. And like, yes, they have the money. Yes. They have all that stuff. But at the end of the day, six losses, I think in the Premier League. Right. Insane. Right. Like that's no, it is. It but, is. But remember, that same team did, couldn't beat the Champions League. Yeah. You know, it's um. They actually they almost struggled against PSG before they kind of broke through. Right, and that's why, you know, that's why we love this sport because you can buy as many players as you want. At the end of the day, you know, it, it really depends on the other team that you're playing, their system, and how you prepare for the game. Yeah. I mean, you know, staying up late at night, shooting fireworks outside of the stadium or outside of where the players are sleeping, I guess is a tactic too. But, <laughs> you know, I'm sure they plenty of players are used to that. Also, a bunch of crazy fans playing in the Champions League like that. Like that. But, um, but yeah, Everton, I mean, for me as an opposing fan, yeah. they don't get too good, but it's exciting. And that's why I want them to get good because then it just makes the rivalry that much sweeter. Yeah. Merseyside, uh, Merseyside Derby so gets fun, that. Fun competitive exactly. Games, you know? That's what I live for. Yeah. So, you know, I hope it happens. And I hope they uh, find the players that fit the system. I hope Rafa, as a Liverpool fan, really does a good mark in Everton. Mm-hmm. The last thing I want is him to fail. And then everyone just, like, really berates him and, like, it's all that other stuff because – you know, I love the man. I don't, don't want him to. Yeah, they, they run him out of Liverpool. Yeah, I mean, I know his family lives there, and the last thing he needs is just a constant reminder that half the city hates him. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, let's let's try to avoid that. But yeah, um, just crazy to think. But yeah, yeah, but you know, it does happen. That's what happens when you love the sport a little too much. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, passion is a good thing, but it's got to be. Uh, it's, yeah, it's got to be checked a little bit yeah, too. It's yeah, gotta be realistic. <laughs> yeah, know? you can have all the passion. You can be upset. You know, I could. I could joke with you if Everton wins. You could joke with me if Liverpool wins, right. and the and you know in the and the Merseyside Derby if that ever happened or if they ever met that FAA Cup, you know, right. that would be insane. Right, but uh, we wouldn't, you know, it wouldn't be like you know hateful. I guess is the, is the a lot of those things become hateful. No, it shouldn't it? It should just be fun. Like I'm, at the end, you should drink a beer with your buddies and be like, "Yeah, your team kicked our ass." Yeah, I mean, you know the one negative thing that happened in both the city itself, the Hillsborough disaster, a lot of people don't realize it's like pretty much like the Cubs and the Sox. You have family members that are fans of the opposing team too. So while you may hate the other team, it goes deeper than that. It's like pretty much mm-hmm. deep seated in the community. Yeah. And during those things, teams come together and they forget the rivalry and they realize that at the end of the day, it's a tragedy that happened to people that all lived in that community. Yeah. And I think at the most of the time, when the fans come against each other, the, you'll see brothers and sisters like, you know, going against each other on that in the stadium. But like after that, at the end of the, they're still family. Yeah. They'd be rooting for the wrong team, but they're still family. Yeah. And one thing I do want to note is that, uh, you know, the Everton Liverpool rivalry is probably not as intense in terms of like, um, you know, people getting hurt because they're right. hateful. Then maybe some other rivalry. Right. This isn't like Liverpool Man United where, you know, it, it gets a little, even a little 
heated on that or even like Celtic Rangers, the old the old firm and everything like that, oh, yeah. where it's coming to like religion and politics and everything like that too. So, you know, it's more of a neighborhood rivalry, I would like to think. But yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it, it's pretty cool. So I mean I do want to go to let you talk about Liverpool too. How excited are you for their for their season coming up? I mean last year they obviously had the the, the Ellison goal that right. around the world. You right. Know? <laughs> right. Yeah. I'm still buzzing about that. It's pretty <laughs> awesome. Um, I mean, again, it all comes down to injuries. Uh, Nabi Keita is finally back and uh, he looks great in the preseason. And that's the thing, like when he's healthy, he looks great. And, and uh, a lot of people have been talking about like, all right, are we going to sell him? We're going to do something about it. I mean, from what I understand, Nabi Keita is going to be along for the long haul. And when he plays well, like he did today, uh, he just looks awesome. And Mane looked great as well. Robinson, before he got injured, looked great. Uh, Trent was looking solid. Uh, Allison, solid as well. Um, He's definitely one of the best goalies. Oh, absolutely. And uh, I know he just re- uh, signed an extension, say with Fabinho, which is like one of our core players as well. Yeah. Great guy. I love him. He can play center back. He can play central defensive. He can play everything pretty much. He's awesome. Um, that's why I have high expectations. I expect them to go pretty far in the Champions League. Same with the, the Premier League. Um, winning it, I mean, Man City looks like a threat. A lot yeah, of the other teams. Like right. Recently, I mean, Man, I mean Man United made some signs. Sancho is not playing for them and everything like that. Well, I hope Man United doesn't do better than Liverpool. I just know going to Old Trafford is going to be a whole different ordeal now. They will want to, and then you have Chelsea still going to be good. Obviously. Oh, yeah. Lukaku just came back for Chelsea. Uh, they just got back from the – I think I saw a thing where when an English team wins the Champions League the following season, they win the Premier League. Man United did that when they won their last Champions League. Liverpool did that when they won their Champions League. They won the following season. And now Chelsea just won the Champions League. So if all the stars are aligned, they're going to win the Premier League too. I would like to think that if Liverpool doesn't win it, then I hope someone else besides Man City wins it yeah. or Man United. I would be happy if uh, – I would be content if Chelsea won it. I just uh, – my thing is top four – has to be the, like definitely more than enough for the goal. If they don't make top four, then I know people are going to be very upset. Yeah. With, what if they don't make top four over the Champions League? Like, which can happen. I mean, I mean, it's, it's happened. You yeah, play well, right? Throughout your team, right? Injuries happen. You have to, you got to show that you got that. Right. If they don't make it. I mean. No, Europa's not the worst thing in the world, but because, like, again, the Premier League is very competitive. Although I think you automatically get the Champions League if you win the title. Oh, no, no. Yeah, you do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because first place and all that. But um, it's – um, I mean, I won't be happy. Uh, I expect nothing but top four or Champions League with the squad that we have. Yeah. We're not losing players yet. A lot of people are upset that we're not re-signing, like, Hendo. Uh, as of right now, yeah. he's not given a contract. Uh Things like Mosala hasn't re-signed a contract as far as I know. Uh, Mane hasn't re-signed anything. Uh, the FSG, the way that they're talking about it, is like they don't really want to re-sign anyone over the age of 30, from what I understand. And They're trying to stay young, I guess. Yeah, and you worry about it because it's Sounds like... Sounds like their style of play, too. You know, they, yeah, and especially their counter-tech. It's fast. And, yeah. you know, on the legs, it's going to do wear and tear. Yeah. You know, Robertson... So you're over 30, it's a little tougher. Yeah. I mean, with Robinson, remember, he played all of last season. He played for the Euros for Scotland, and he's playing right now for Liverpool. You know, those legs, they do a lot of running. Yeah. And uh, it's not really that surprising that he got injured. Um, I just hope now he has the time to rest and time. Hopefully, it's not a bad injury as well. Um, we'll see. I mean, uh, we'll go from there. But I expect top four finish. 
if not a deep Champions League run. Liverpool's so strong in the Champions League, so I feel like they would go pretty far this year, assuming injuries are not the problem. But remember, other teams have also – Chelsea just like – the amount of signings they make and the amount of money they throw out, it's not like – it's not stupid signings, I feel. Uh, I know a lot of people aren't very happy with um, some of their signings that they made with um, – well, Kai Havertz, like I know he definitely shot up, especially at the end yeah. uh, with his worth and the amount of money that he played. And I think he played very well in the Champions League as well. But um, it's going beyond me right now. I'm forgetting the name of the other German striker that they just uh, bought that really wasn't. Um, I don't know if you helped me out with this, but <laughs> I, I, uh, uh, he was not having a good season at all. And he was supposed to bang in all the goals. So but obviously they got Lukaku now, who is like, he had a great year at Inter Milan, played very well in the Champions League oh, yeah. and um, in the Europa League. And uh, I expect uh, he's going to probably play well uh, with uh, the new coach there. And um, I think they're going to do great, but we'll see. I mean, it's going to be very exciting. Yeah, and It's uh, going to be a tough season too, because we talked about those teams at the top. There's also the question mark of, uh, of Leicester City. You know, do they... Can they finish? They've been in the top four twice and blew it in the last couple of years, two years in a row. Right. They also won the Community Shield recently against Man City, which is huge. Yeah, which is like, you know, it's a trophy. I mean, they're all about that. They obviously won the FA Cup. And they won the FA Cup, too. That's two trophies. I mean, that's better to say than most teams, also, too. Regardless of what happens in terms of hitting the Champions League, they're obviously a team that's going to win a lot. Right. And they're definitely not pushovers. They got a solid squad. And Brandon Rogers is a great coach. I mean, he almost won it with Liverpool. So the guy knows how to play a good team. And he, I think he's a great coach. Yeah. So Leicester City is going to be very exciting to see. Um, I like the way they play. I like a lot of the players. Uh, I think Ian Nacho at the end of the season had a good resurgence of how he was playing with Jamie Vardy kind of being in and out of the squad and everything like that. So we'll see. And then you got Tottenham, the Kane drama. If you kind of touch on that. Oh, yeah, Tottenham. I mean, not even the Kane drama, the coaching drama, the everything, like sacking Jose Mourinho. I'm sorry, Jose Mourinho um, right before a cup final. And, I mean, the whole reason they brought him in is to win silverware. And you take the man, you fire the man before he even has a chance to win it. I mean, I don't know what was going on. Uh, We don't have that Amazon documentary for that part of the season. But uh, why would you fire a guy who's known to win trophies? right before the biggest trophy that you could have won in that season. Yeah. And you bring in an interim uh, coach. And I mean, to me, I would have fired him after the, the game. If he didn't win it, then fire him. If he won it, then fire him. I don't care. But like yeah. as a fan, and I have a lot of Tottenham friends, our fans, uh, they were frustrated and regrettably so. I mean, it I was pissed. It doesn't make sense either because you look, they built that very nice stadium. They have that new stadium. Oh, it's beautiful, yeah. One of the only stadiums with a microbrewery in it. I actually talked about that on my last, in the fourth episode of Brewing the Facts. But it's just, you know, it's, if you look at the things they're setting up, it's supposed to be this experience for fans. They have a stadium. You think they want uh, stability on their team so that they could do well, you know? I mean, you talk about stability. I know Song signed a new contract, and that's exciting for fans. But, I mean, not like you said earlier, we have the Harry Kane drama, the yeah, gentleman's agreement drama. The I mean, he doesn't want to play. He says that the reports are that he said – I mean, he actually went on Twitter and talked about that he wasn't holding out on training or, or things like that. But there's a lot of things behind the scenes those fans aren't going to know. Of course. Know? I mean, and who knows what his agent's saying and everything like that, too. I um, I like Harry Kane. I think he's a good player. Um, he would not fit in like 
my team's system for sure. Yeah. Um, but I mean, the man knows how to score goals. He had a great year yeah. at the Euros as well. I mean, so City probably is would be one of the places you want. Oh to yeah. Come. Or if you wanted to, I don't know if you'd leave the the Premier League. That's what I'm pretty sure. What um with the oh God, I'm so bad with names right now, but I'm pretty sure the main uh main dude over at uh, Spurs right now they want him to leave the Premier League because why would you sell him to uh, a main United or a Man City? That's just going to indirectly hurt you, but. Absolutely. I mean, Harry Kane, I'm pretty sure he wants to beat uh, Alan Shearer's uh, Premier League record of most goals scored in the Premier League, and yeah. he'd only do that by staying in the Premier League. He, so I feel like he's, like, English, you know, through and through. Uh, yeah, no, definitely. <laughs> and um, I mean, you saw he was uh, – he uh, scored the PK in the uh, Euro final. Um, it didn't even break a sweat. Yeah. Was, no, he's – I don't personally. I don't think he's leaving uh, England. I think he's. Pr- if I was a betting man, I'd say he'd probably go to probably Manchester City. I mean, the 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 that's, way everything's that's, looking. That's what I would say too. Right, the way every I think is looking. Kunaburo's gone now, and they're gonna need someone at a striker position to an overall striker position just to score the goals. And he could do it. He's got that's the height. Tottenham refused though. Because they seem to not want to settle. Like, Maybe for 150 million they won't, but yeah. you know it's that magic number. And uh, a Daniel Levy, you know he's gonna he's gonna push for that number, and you know he's in control right now. But the thing is, do you sit the guy? And that's, I, that's the big thing. I don't think they will because again, he wants to get that record. If he doesn't get a trophy, he wants to beat the record of having the most goals in the Premier League, which I get. You he's know, he's in Europa too at Tottenham, but he wants. I feel he wants to be on the championship. Well, of course, no, he just wants to win a trophy, and I don't blame him. I mean, a lot of fans I've talked to from Tottenham are like, "Look, it, they're hurting right now, obviously, because he wants to leave." But at the same time, they're like, "We did try, like, you know, he did give us a lot of his years of his prime yeah. to to." win it and they just never got there they got to the champions league final didn't make it they've gone to other finals like the fa cup didn't make it and i mean yeah. you know you look at robin van percy for arsenal he left not in the best of ways from arsenal to man united and then won the premier league after that and you know the arsenal faithful will tell you how much they hate him for that and um you know man united also did the same thing for uh a big, uh, a lot of other players that have left uh, lesser teams to win trophies, and uh, this is just the way the business is. I mean, at the end of the day, you want to w- lift the trophy, you want to win the league, you want to win other cups. So, I think uh, Man City goes all out for Kane. Well, they have strike to strike out on Messi. Yeah, I don't think Messi's going to come to the Premier League. I mean, just personally, like playing with Neymar and a lot of the other players that are in PSG, I think it'd better suit him and his family yeah. to uh, go there. So I think he's going to be a Paris player. And I think that Harry Kane's probably going to go play for Man City. And does that mean they're automatically going to win the league? I don't think so, but they got a lot of firepower. Yeah. And they're, defi- they're definitely not going to get relegated. <laughs> uh, no, no, no. I, mean, I don't think they're mid-tier regardless. Uh, unless some freak accident happens where there's a bunch of injuries, I don't see them finishing out a top two. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and, they're, they're, they're definitely the team to beat to defend their premium right, title. Right, but pretty, pretty much everyone in the top four got better. Liverpool got better. Chelsea got better. Man United got better. Man City got better. Arsenal, yeah. And Tottenham, yeah. Like, I am excited for Santos to take over Tottenham, though. I think he was did a great job at Wolves. Uh, the whole head injury with Jimenez helped, like, you know, you lose your star striker. You're not going to get all the goals in anything like that. So, no, I know Wolves struggled after that injury for Jimenez, but uh, I think he's going to do good at, at Tottenham, and I hope he does because – 
you know, I think Tottenham fans deserve, uh, after having a great stadium and great players, they deserve some uh, glory in that too. So we'll see. One of the things that I'm actually very excited for this season is uh, we've talked about before the fans, you know, if, if, if we can keep away these Delta variants and people get vaccinated and all that, we could, can not get shut down again, which is a fear, but uh, of course, it's just when the stadiums are full, you have a better atmosphere, you know. The oh, game, god, yeah, and, and, and the players feed off that. They could oh, say, yeah. We try to ignore all that stuff, you know, we could uh try to you know block it out, but no, they're feeding off of it. And, oh, yeah, and I think it changes the game a lot. Uh, one to nothing, two to one games become way more intense, oh, yeah. even, even if it's two to nothing or three to nothing, and the other team scores. The, you could just feel this thing going on and, and uh, the momentum kind of swings like in a big way. You know, we've talked about a lot, a lot how two to nothing, three to nothing leads are some of the scariest to have in soccer. Oh, yeah. soccer. So it's just, it, it's kind of, uh, I'm excited to see that. I mean, we've seen it domestically with the NBA and, uh, you know, MLB and uh, even NHL and, and all that stuff. So, you know, there's, there's just this new, wrinkle that fans throw into everything mm-hmm. and uh it almost felt like this season was a just maybe wasn't completed or whole uh the, during the pandemic but with you know we as the as the time went on and they let more fans in we got some fans for the champions league final um you know there and then of course the the euros we got fans for the, for the final there uh it will for the semis and final but just to see i mean you know, I'm obviously a huge uh, Italy national team fan. So I just, to, to, we could start talking about that because uh, that final was so awesome to see. Uh, you know, it was a hard fought game. England played fantastic, great opponent. But, but, you know, Italy won. They got to go celebrate with the trophy with their fans over there. And you could just see that the players were like so excited to be with their, you know, with their fans and said, you know, obviously they want to win it themselves. They were, they were happy for themselves. They get to have the trophy, but they also were happy to share it oh, yeah. with their communities. Yeah. You know? and, and I think that that's that wrinkle of having fans is what it, it makes it so much better. Like, you know, it's great to watch the games. It's great to see all the things happen, but to, to have those fans in the stands cheering for the team or even booing when the team does bad. Like it, it just changes everything. Right. And uh, I think it'll make this season super exciting to watch. I, uh, I agree. I mean, I was lucky enough to go to uh, two games during their, uh, the Milwaukee Bucks's uh, NBA championship run yeah, and including a finals game. game. Yes. Which is pretty awesome. Which is very <laughs> awesome. It's off of my bucket list of going to a finals game for the NBA. I mean, nicely, luckily the bulls look very good this year. So uh, hopefully we yeah. can get up there too. We're excited. Yes, we are. Yes, we are. <laughs> and but the Blackhawks make some trades too. So yeah, we'll, we'll see. I mean, it's exciting right now. It's like, I was talking to my friend. It's like almost like the nineties, you know, the, Sox are looking good. The Cubs are on the decline. And, uh, you know, the Bulls, uh, th- with the trades that they made, uh, it looks like you know, not like the 94 Bulls, but like they're looking like a team that actually might make a playoff run. Yeah. And um, it's – Exactly. I mean, you should make the playoffs in the East. Right, right. You know, and LeBron's not there anymore. Yeah. But 
at the end of the day, when I was at those games, I mean, I went to a Bucks game earlier in the season since Wisconsin was one of those states that weren't very heavy on the mandates of people coming in to see NBA games. Yeah. Chicago didn't even open up until like the last two games of the season. And by then it was already over. And I mean, you know, nobody was trying and everyone was playing really loose defense. You know, you don't, you don't want to go see that. I mean, yeah. you know, I'd rather stay at home, save my money and not even pay for that. But, you know, going to Milwaukee, they had something to fight for. They were going for a championship and seeing fans there, seeing people get excited, seeing, um, you know, from the first game where I went, where it was like, uh, I think 20,000 fans to the finals game where it was loud and the whole place was shaking. Uh, my dad always, um, longtime uh, Bulls fan, would always tell me about how the old Chicago stadium was so loud that you could like go deaf in there and the whole place was just like rumbling where you could hear almost cracks coming out from the, yeah. from the roof you and all that. The old decibel, like if, if, if you watch the finals games, the announcers would always be, here's the decibel level. Right, and right. It was like through the roof. Right. <laughs> and that, I love that. I mean, as a fan, I mean, I, feed off of that too and you could totally tell the players i mean seeing Giannis play in person and seeing him feed off of everyone getting so excited not only that but then you hear about the whole like you know counting down from his free throws and all that other stuff too phoenix fans i'll give them that they travel very well uh when i was at uh game five uh in milwaukee it was wait sorry game four in milwaukee it was insane how many phoenix fans were there and man i mean we were in home they were in home court and you could hear people one two three and i'm just like man like these guys are crazy but you know when you're in lockdown you don't see your team play and you're and the phoenix haven't been in the final since charles barkley was relevant yeah. and you know that's so, and, you know, and never won. So. Exactly. So, you know, that was their chance. And I'm, they were up 2-0 in the beginning, too. Right. They and, really thought that they were going to take it. And, you know, this is why we love sports. You know, you see, after seeing Giannis's freak injury in the beginning uh, of the last series against Atlanta, you're like, oh, my God, is this it? Like, is Milwaukee going to finally be out? Like, are they going to make it past Atlanta? And then he did. Then he came back against a Phoenix. And you're like, okay, is he going to play 100%? And, yeah. and he drops 50 in the, the last game, game six. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. I mean, just beast legend there no i mean i know we're going off you know premier league but like seeing sports at that level and seeing fans at that level i mean it just after the and what corona has done as we've all seen in america and all around the world seeing that kind of joy and seeing that kind of togetherness of the city and everything like that it really you, you realize what you missed as a sports fan. Yeah. And I mean, I saw the preseason today of uh, people going back to Anfield, going back, you know, going, walking to the stadium and everyone getting together and everyone going to their seats and all that. I mean, I miss it. Yeah, I haven't been, way, it's a way of life over there. So I'm guessing yeah. it was very, very difficult. Oh yeah. No. And I mean, you know, I can't wait to go back to Anfield. I hope that things hold up and that I can go back to the second part of the season. So I can go watch a game and, and Anfield. And uh, I have friends that live in London and I know they, uh, they started supporting Arsenal. Hopefully we can uh, go to the Emirates and watch them play too, because they want to, they want to see what it's all about. I mean, they were in England when during the Euros, when England made it all the way to the finals and they're like, man, people are going crazy over here. People are like outside yelling and people are honking horns and all that. And as Americans, they're like, yeah, no one, you know, America didn't even make the World Cup, but you know, no one really cares over here to that level where the country almost shuts down. <laughs> so, you know, they were really into the experience. They're like, wow, it's nice seeing that kind of passion where people go absolutely nuts over it. So, um, you know, I hope uh, Arsenal plays a little well. So when I take them to a game, it's not a snooze fest and they actually get to see some awesomeness. So we'll see.
Speaking um, of that Euro final, by the way, how how about those Italians? They yeah, put, yeah. Uh, I have to go through everything that I had to to go through. First of all, Donnarumma uh, definitely cemented himself as one of the legends. Of oh, yeah. With, I mean, he played out of his mind. But then when you look, you had Cialini and Benucci, who are veterans that also played. Um, like you would not think that they're thirty six, thirty four. Mm-hmm. You know, Jorginho, you know, Verratti and Signe, uh, Chiesa. Uh, Immobile, Locatelli even coming off the bench, doing good. Spinazzola before he got injured was huge for them. You know, it, it, it was it was so awesome to see following them from the late 90s. Yes, they won some World Cups. Never saw them win a Euro Championship ever. Um, and, and, and it was it was different, too, because, you know, I watched the first game with, with Turkey. They won 3 nothing. looked really good. And they're already, the announcers are like, Italy is one of the favorites now. I'm just, like, totally reserved at this point. Like, I don't know. There's some tough games. Mm-hmm. You know, things can happen. Mm-hmm. You never know. Like, obviously, injuries can happen. Obviously, yeah. uh, and they had to go through an insane gauntlet when you talk about the knockout round. They had to go right. through Belgium, number one team. They had to go through England, was number three team, right? Yeah. Um, you know, and, and Spain is no pushover, and their system gives Italy trouble, especially without Spinazzola, because mm-hmm. he he stretched really well on the, on the, on the left and right. It, it just wasn't working. Um, it was hard for them to get chances. You know, and then, and then you know, they had the, the, the other tough game, uh, you know, right in the beginning of the knockout round. That was just like, oh, my God, are they going to blow it already? <laughs> you know? I mean, they were in a group of death. Oh. And um, and, they, and they got through it. They also had to take out the people forget how far Switzerland made it. Oh, yeah. They were in Italy's group. <laughs> yeah, no, the Swiss played great. Yeah. I mean, I love Shakiri too, and he played some very good uh, minutes in uh, that team as well. Yeah. So especially these national teams, you have to realize a lot of uh, egos actually go out of the window and they play together. And that's when you have teams like the Swiss or the, uh, the Czechs and all that, or uh, the Croatians and all that, who have some very good players, but overall they play very well together and they believe in a system where they're like, Oh my God, they could beat one of the juggernauts like Portugal, how they went down early and uh, you know, Spain and uh, yeah, the world cup champions, like, and you know, look at their squad. Everyone there is playing at the top level, which might've been the best game in the whole tournament. Right. Well, no, it was. <laughs> I, I think it was. It was insane. It was insane. And I mean, that's again, why we love this sport. Cause you see insanity like that happens. Some of the matches you're like, I can't believe this happened because all things considered, and you see the people on the books and all that stuff. You're like, they shouldn't have lost. Yeah. And then you look at the breakdown. You're like, well, they had that little oomph that you need to get over the mountain. And, uh, you know, they took yeah, it. So France going down with Mbappe. Yeah. <laughs> what? Like, yeah. Just like, oh, man. You know, I know people hate MPKs, but, you know, everyone was on the edge of their seat. But like, who's going to miss it? Who's going to miss so it? Many MPKs, too. Yeah. Like, it was just insane. Yeah. I mean, Italy had a win, too, just in the semis. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm glad you're still alive. I'm surprised you didn't have a heart attack. I, I mean, I, we were I texting. You know, we were texting. And I'm like, man, this guy, like, he just started watching the sport. And he's like, how are you having a heart attack? Yeah. Like, I can't imagine if I started watching and that was my team going. And I'm just like, oh my God, like yeah. this is what I people have watched Italy forever too, though. So, I mean, I was more invested in, in the national team Italy than I was in, in like Premier League. Yeah, which is exactly what I mean is I'm surprised I didn't have a heart attack because when you care that much about a team, especially like now that you'll be going with Everton further in, these games mean a little more to you than, a, you know, and getting a game that intense and that close where you're just like, all it takes is one mistake and then to go past it. 
you're like, you're, you know, you're, you're flying. And, uh, you know, that's why it was exciting for me to see you watching your team just go over hurdle, over hurdle, over hurdle. And I'm like, okay, I'm not Italian, but kind of hope they win. Cause like <laughs> you're getting all the highs and like, even the lows at points where like, Oh my God, we're going to lose. Like we're gonna get out of the tournament. Yeah. And that's what, that's what the sport's all about. And I love it. Yeah. So, and it's, yeah, I don't know about you, but I mean, it, it makes you want to watch more. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, you know, it gets you excited for the. It was one of those things, too, when it was over. It was like, we won. This is amazing. But then I was like, I'm going to miss watching uh, them play here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's why it's like, you know, um, it's kind of like, all right, hurry up in the summer. Let's get uh, get some trades and let's go. Let's get the Premier League back. Let's get the Serie A back, uh, Legal Internet back. And yeah. it's just like, I kind of don't care what happens. Like, I just want to get back to the sport and see uh, yeah. some more craziness happen. Absolutely. It is a short offseason, which is nice. Uh, it's it's good for us as fans. It's not good for It's them. not good for the players. <laughs> I'm sure they would have liked a, a longer holiday to uh, relax, be with their family and everything like that. But the good news is that in the beginning of the season, it kind of goes a little, it, it starts a little slow. Right. Know? Yeah, so we'll see. I mean, uh, the Champions League final is entertaining. The Euro, Euro final is the knockouts, too, were so exciting. And, you know, it's a good time to be a fan right now to enjoy the sport because you get to see all this awesomeness. Yeah. Yeah, and then there was the – I mean, you talk about the Euros as well. Like, one of the things when I was uh, – I, I have a lot of friends and, and where I grew up that also followed Italy and just seeing – their social media responses and stuff. Mm-hmm. I don't normally see things about soccer all the time. And just the fact that I'm, I guarantee you many of the people don't actually pay attention, but they were paying attention to Italy and the Euros, you know, like, because again, 1968 was the last time they won the Euros. And that's when the tournament was like, what, six teams, four teams, like even like, I don't, yeah. it, it, they actually did legs to make it to the semifinals. And like I said, they went through like the group of hell pretty much. So like, oh. You know, Turkey, Switzerland, all those teams are good, and, and and then every team they played, you saw how it was like the Austrian great you know, games, slouch, you know, great games. I mean, I think any neutral fan, besides like if your team lost, obviously, uh, for the most part, worth having the time of their life watching some high level play. I mean, I. You know, obviously Mexico's not in the Euros, but I I just had a time of my life watching these games play, and I was like, you know, working at the time during some of the games at two o'clock in the afternoon. But I'm like, you know, I'll take a late lunch and see what's going on. Going to extra time, going to penalties, and people are like, "What are you doing?" I'm like, "Oh, great! Here I'm watching the Euros and all that stuff." I'm like, I know a lot of people don't get it in this country, but like every once in a while, like you said, you'll have people who are like, "Oh, like I'm Italian, like I should watch this." Like I'm like, "Yeah, you should." Like you know, this is some really good stuff. Like you know. I would always make the joke that people don't care about soccer in this country because of how the MLS is, which is like not right anymore because the way Atlanta United are the way that even here in Minnesota, I mean, you see a beautiful stadium. Uh, uh, I know it's like very based off of, uh, you know, the Alias arena over in Munich and you can see it off of the highway. It's great. And how the Seattle Sounders are too. And Vancouver Whitecaps, like you, there's some filing happening and there's some players coming in that it's like, okay, like the MLS is starting to take off. And at, you know, back in the nineties or even early two thousands, the MLS, you know, the biggest thing that happened was like when uh, players from other leagues retired and they're like, Oh, let me just get one more paycheck to the MLS and then go from there. And uh, I know some people are not going to like that. I say that, but you know, people weren't like, I'm going to go dream, go play for the Chicago fire. Even though I would love it, but like, yeah. you know, people wanted to go play in Europe. People wanted to go play in England and want to go play in Italy, play in Spain, because that's where people It'd be at the cool best. If the MLS became decent enough to where, you know, because, you know, some of the MLS teams, if you win, you get to play in the, you know, 
yeah, was it the CONCAF or whatever. Right, so, right. You know. And, you know, South America, you got to play all those other teams there, and they have very good teams. And uh, I hope I hope the MLS still get to that point where people are like, okay, like you can come to America not when you're old and retired and all that stuff, and they go there and play at a good league. And then, you know, the club, uh, you know, the club world cup as well. If you're right. in the, you know, the contest. Right. Right. And who doesn't want a nice shiny gold badge on their Jersey. Right. So it's exciting. I think right now, um, it's so nice that we are able to stream games from England or whatever at whatever at our, at our leisure, rather than having to find some crazy TV program package back in the day because there's no way to stream it any other way. So yeah, it's, it's nice um, that Paramount and, and uh, Peacock are you could watch a lot of these games. You know, yeah, pretty much. I think all the uh, all the Premier League games are right. Uh, and I Peacock think if you want, and then you know you also have Fubo TV and all that. Right. Stuff, so. And I think uh, ESPN Plus has an exclusive uh, partnership with uh, Syria. Yes. So you can pretty much watch all those games too. So yes. it's uh it's not a bad time to get into the sport. So yes. you know if you want to watch the top level because you know we're very spoiled here in America. We have you know as far as I know in numbers the best fo- uh, American football league in the in the world hockey best in the world a lot of players coming from russia or from europe and they want to come play here why because it's the best yeah. basketball being the big one i know basketball's being very big throughout the world now when spain and turkey argentina brazil but uh, you can see it with uh, what happened in the olympics the, the, the olympic u.s team was not anywhere close to as good as any past teams and yet they still won gold. Right. It, it's just the way it goes. You know? Right. I mean, we're the other teams are great. They're getting better. But yeah. Just not too hard. Not not yet. Yeah. I mean, you know, there have been upsets, and you know, Team USA. It's not like the dream team. They're not that invincible. Like teams are. Other countries are catching up, yeah. and uh, I mean, Australia has a good team too. So you know, as the league gets bigger and as more people get exposed to it, I feel like. You know, you remember when Yao Ming got into the league and China started paying attention to that, too. So when you have a country that has someone from your country going in and playing at the best level, people tune in and people get inspired. Next, you know, little kids are going to start playing basketball there. That's why everyone comes to the NHL, right? Exactly. Of course, hockey is probably uh, domestically better in some countries that are always cold. Right. But but the, the, the... you, the North American NHL, you know, right. That's where people come. I yeah. mean, that's where they want to play. I mean, yeah. you see people from Scandinavia, you see people from Russia, you see people um, all over the world. They're like, Oh, well, if I want to be the best, I got to go to the NHL. MLB too. Look at Otani. Oh, yeah. Why did he come to the MLB to show off his skills? Right. Because he wanted to play against the best. And he paid the best. Those too. other leagues are fantastic. Right. The Japanese league, the Korean leagues, they're fantastic. And you see, you see in the Olympics, Japan won, but remember the U S doesn't get to play american mlb stuff right if just it like did, it'd be gold every year i mean we go back to like the dream team how before professional nba players weren't allowed to play in the olympics too it was just college kids and even then like it was getting to the point where like americans were pretty much dominating too and so they were like you know what let's get our professionals in there too and we all know what happened right there but um that 92 team, man. <laughs> right right it's um it, it's exciting right now to the sports just like how everyone can see it and everyone can appreciate the top level of it being played. And it makes me excited that other players and other teams can see this too, because then they'll get inspired. I mean, we talk about, um, you know, Americans and how they fare in Europe and how they play. I mean, I know Christian Pulisic, like the way he played and he's, I think the only American that has a champions league he does, and yeah. uh, the first, you know, that's huge. You know, as a, as a fan of not, not of Chelsea, but it's like, you know, someone from this country, maybe it'll be enough to get some more people inspired from seeing that. Be like, hey, 
I'm American. Like, you know, maybe soccer is not our first thing over here, but it might be to the point where it's like, well, this guy clearly won it. Everyone, it was widely broadcasted. I think it was on uh NBC or no, no, it was a uh, AB uh, or CBS who, who did. Uh, so you didn't need cable. Yeah. It was all over Paramount the plus CBS. Exactly. So like, it, 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 yes, they're getting paid millions of dollars, billions of dollars to broadcast and all that stuff. But as far as the sports integrity and the sport itself, it's getting to people who normally wouldn't see it. And besides, like, I think only here for in the nineties, people really only cared about, um, you know, the world cup. Yeah. Because that's what we really could see for free on TV. Yeah. Um, you know. And that's why I started following the Italian national team in the late 90s, because that's what I had. Right. And the thing is, is it was like, so I remember seeing a commercial uh, talking about the U.S. team. I saw one game and it was like, this team is garbage. <laughs> and then I'm like, I'm Italian. I'm going to follow the Italian team. Right. Um, and, and, you know, they didn't, the Italian team wasn't like some like unstoppable juggernaut at the time. So it made sense for me to follow them. You know, it's kind of why I chose Everton in the Premier League. Um, to be honest, them not winning last year actually helps me as a fan because I got to see – I was disappointed when they got rocked by Man City. I was very disappointed. It, like, ruined my week. <laughs> like, yeah, welcome to being a fan. You know, <laughs> nobody wants to be like, yeah, I'm going to be a fan of the Yankees. It's like, yeah. what fun is that? Like, yeah. Although you know, there are some people that do that. Well, of course there are. I mean, you know. It's like all the bandwagoners, you know. Yeah, I mean. I, I, mean, I look at that with, uh, you know – the following that you see from some teams like the Cubs are another big national giant suddenly everybody was following the Cubs and it's like you don't even like baseball right I mean I mean we see it in our city in Chicago like I've seen White Sox fans like switch sides and now that Sox are very good they're like oh yeah well the White Sox I'm like yeah. weren't you wearing a Cubs hat like a last year people, I saw a lot of tweets when they traded everyone from the Cubs and it was just like you know I'm going to become a White Sox fan now and it's like then you're not a real fan like that doesn't make sense right like I lived through the bad times with the White Sox to enjoy this moment you can't just keep jumping sides to the team that's nah, I mean even if you do like you're going to miss the genuine connections you do make because I remember growing up be that excited no I, it's all fake in my opinion like I grew up with a lot of fan of friends that were Cubs fans and I remember giving them hell especially when the Sox won uh their first World Series yeah. in 2000 and uh five, yeah. Yeah, uh five. and um you know that that game against that uh Houston and everything like that's just like so sweet i'm just like mention, they, the cubs obviously blew their chance a couple years ago. right 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 so like i remember just gloating to all my cubs fans and like you know they took it uh, not well obviously but yeah. you know they took it so like when and the cubs they gave it back when the exactly won. and when they came back and they gave it like there was a good amount of handful of friends that i knew who were genuine cubs fans and you know they were crying going crazy partying in wrigleyville and i'm like you know what you know i'll, I'll clap them off like because you know what they deserve it because they've lived through all that scrutiny that I gave them. God forbid, like St. Louis fans, because St. Louis is not that far from Chicago. Yeah. There are a pretty good significant amount of St. Louis fans in Chicago too. So I can only imagine the stick that they got from them as well. Oh, so, yeah. you know, right. So, you know, for them, the real Cubs fans, I'm like, you know what, this is your time. Like go celebrate, go have fun, like enjoy the, the high right now of like just your team just fight in the streets. Oh well, yeah, no, 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 no. <laughs> Obviously, yeah, within reason. Yeah. But like, enjoy your team because I mean, it wasn't that long. The Blackhawks were the best team in the NHL. Uh, three Stanley Cups in For five years. Time. Like, probably should have won fourth. Right, and like you know, I didn't realize how lucky I was living so close to the United Center. I was really going to games like crazy. Right. When it ended, the right. Because they 
they weren't supposed to be good that year, and then they were the best team in the regular season. Right. And then swept by Nashville. Right. It was so, so Right. And I mean, we th- that was also like right before that was when Kane and Panarin were going together, scoring so many goals and assists. It's just like seeing poetry in motion, seeing the way that they play. And that's why I like hockey. I feel so similar to soccer because of like the way that the buildup yeah. comes up and everything like that. It's very relatable. Mm-hmm. That's why I'm surprised more people don't between the two sports, like really get together. I just feel like I tell people all the time about hockey is so much fun. It's it is another thing that's similar, um, especially during hockey playoffs. Um, they go commercial free for most of it. Yeah. You know, and it's awesome. Soccer, you eat the whole half of them. Right. It's very, uh, you know, they make their ad money by having advertisements on the ice and all that. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's not like, how I've talked to you about how some of the jerseys are, how gaudy they are in Mexico and like how some of the hockey jerseys are in like Sweden, like where it's literally like, you don't even know what team it is. It's just logos everywhere, which is whatever. I don't care. Like I care more about what's on the ice, what they're playing. And uh, I mean, we were blessed too, because they changed the rules for hockey uh, pretty much right before the the Blackhawks started to do their stock. So mm -hmm. they took away the two line pass. So that that made a lot of breakaways and a lot of speed was important. And Mm -hmm. and they had Kane and Zays. Right. And they had defensemen like Keith and Seabrook who could move the puck really right. It was yeah. so much fun to see. And then, yeah. Like you said, in soccer, it's the same thing. Oh, yeah. The counterattack is just deadly. I mean, it really is amazing when you get a successful counterattack because it's you just see the whole play build, everyone running towards the goal. And, like, at the end of the day, you really can't do much. And that's why when you do see goalies stand on top of their head or, you know, when Pickford does play very well, you're just like, oh, my God. Like, you know, this is stuff you're seeing that doesn't happen often. Yeah. And that's when you really cherish the moments. So, you know, I hope – you know, as far as competitiveness that Everton get up to there, I hope the Sox make a very good run this year. And um, yeah, I know, I know, at this time of recording, they did go through a little bit of a slump, or it was really frustrating watching the offense some days. But I'd rather have it now because uh, yeah, I don't they, want to happen during the playoffs. Yeah, exactly. And uh, they they are going to get better. I mean, you see the potential is there. Sometimes well, they got not. the new signings too. Also, I mean, I, there are fans that get nuts about things. It's like. Do you not realize that the greatest baseball player of all time in terms of average still only hit the ball 40% of the time like in his career? And as far as I know, there's only a handful of guys that ended their careers with 400. Right. Know, not including, you know, the Negro Leagues, obviously, where those guys were very, very good. But they still, it's not like if they played in the MLB the whole time, they would have been some of the best players, but they probably yeah. wouldn't have been bad 800 or something, you know, like it's just too hard. It's a no, hard game. Yeah, no, it's impossible. Especially with how the pitchers are nowadays. Like, <clears throat> I mean, our bullpen is pretty dang good. No, especially and now. especially now after some trades, I mean, you know, at the end of the day, I think the overall take from this is that we, you know, appreciate what we're seeing, whether it be the Euros, whether it be the Champions League final, because, <laughs> getting it taken away from us and not even being able to go to the game. Yeah. You know, I'm not going to regret that anymore in my life. I'm just going to go as many games as I can scream as loud as I can and go enjoy the games. Cause man, it is, you know, watching it on TV is one thing, but seeing it in person, it's just, it really, is, um, I appreciate it so much now. Well, and I um, imagine how crazy it was if the heroes for those fans oh, God, yeah. there on both sides. I mean, it's a lot of highs and lows, man. England, right. England definitely had a shot to win it. Yeah. And though you can see by those fans, they thought that they were going to win it. You know, I mean, and that's what we we're saying earlier. Like when you said, like you picked Everton, like 
you need to experience both the highs and the lows. What fun is being a fan? You just win everything. Like that's like basically being like, Hey, I'm in a group project. I didn't know work and I got an A anyway. It's like, does it really feel that earned? No, not really. Yeah. And I did it. You know, Everton had a great start to the season. I didn't really follow them until they were like back outside trying Mm -hmm. to get back in. Mm -hmm. Um, They still had a shot for champions league when I watched them, but they weren't there. And then they lost some games. (laughs) The rest is history. Yeah. But uh, that it, it 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 obviously makes me my expectation is Europa at, at the very least everything else is golden you know but um, it's just uh, they got in my opinion I want to see them make Europa that's yeah. that's that's what I want to see yeah, I want to see some good games uh, I'd like to see an FA Cup run as well you know maybe Carabao Cup if, you know but, yeah why not you know. you know they have the it's like you said they don't have to worry about. You know, sadly, we have to worry about Europe right now, but that means they can focus on other silverware and silverware means money, which means players, which means, you know, uh, especially with COVID, like it's tough for everyone not having all the fans, all the butts in the stadium. That means revenue is going to go down. So absolutely. Yeah, it's it's very exciting. Um, I think it's an exciting time for sports to just uh, if we come out of this pandemic and, you know, and and we're able to get through it, there's not any more crazy shutdowns. Right. I know there's still COVID outbreaks and, and all that, especially in baseball. There's been a couple, um, you know, I do want to call out that there have been some Yankees players who refuse to get vaccinated. That's probably why they got big blowups going on there. But, you know, uh, you know, I know Washington had a big one as well, but it's just, we get through this and we get to experience this, an actual Premier League season with, right. with just no breaks, no nothing with the Champions League. It's going to be an amazing uh, sports season we got yeah. up because we got, it's the last, the, the pennant race of baseball is officially here. Uh, you know, it, this is it. These last two months are some of the funnest regular season games you're going to see. Oh, Even yeah. if your team is blown away because you want to, make sure that they stay on point the rest right. of the guys but still win you know right it's a uh, strategy is going to be at the next level i mean mm-hmm. every game is important especially in the premier league but like right now in the baseball you know people talk about how many games they play and everything like that it's like oh they lost a the game it's no big deal but it's like that point where it's like almost like a premier league game every game where it's like yeah. these points matter yeah. these games matter these runs matter so people are going to up their game a little bit and yeah, that's I, I get more upset with losses now oh yeah oh know? yeah so I mean, when we first talked they started slow the white Sox, mm-hmm. and we were talking about you know nothing to panic you know we were actually saying we panic more if at a certain point they were like this but now they're 10 and a half games in biggest division lead mm-hmm. um every every loss especially if i think they they should have won it's it's i i it ruins my day yeah it hurts a little more i agree you know and it's just like uh, especially you know, the royals beating them up you mm-hmm. know, that was just like i know that's what happens in baseball sometimes teams have your number um but at the same time I was like, there's something going on in their heads at this point with their, their offense because they're letting Kansas City pitchers look really good against them when Kansas City gets rocked by every other team. Right. So it's just- but, I mean, it's like you said, some teams just have their number. I mean, yeah. uh, Liverpool's been very infamous with uh, rocking the heck out of Norwich City. Now that they're back in the Premier League, I know they're going to be like, uh-oh, we're going back to Premier League. You know, yeah. back when we had Luis Suarez, he would get hat-tricks against the guys. And I was like, man, what did he do? What did they do to him? Like, <laughs> he had, like, a personal vendetta against this guy. And yeah. I was like, you know, one of them, he almost got five goals in. I was like, yeah. damn. So, um, that is exciting. It, it is very I, exciting. I love how uh, it, we talked about this before. It, yeah, teams get relegated and teams get promoted. 
um, it create it, it forces you to have to always play. Oh God, yeah. You know, you're not just playing for draft picks. So it's exciting to see three new Premier League teams because you know they're going to be battling to not be relegated back to stay in the Premier League. Um, you know, and sometimes you get teams that make an extended run and they move up the table. I mean. I mean, Leicester did that yeah. when they uh, won the league. It wasn't, I think it was two seasons before they were in uh, the championship yeah. and they made their way up to the Premier League and then won it. Like yeah. it's a Cinderella story. Like it's, yeah. uh, you know, that's the stuff you love to hear about. And like, I was. Glad West Ham's been on the road. Well. Yeah. I mean, they almost got in the Champions League. Yeah. You know, it came to the – and that was a, the sweet spot about the last Premier League. Like, it was so tight. It, every game mattered. Every other game mattered. Like, people were watching other games, like, simultaneously being like, oh, my God. Like, if they, yeah. if they tie it, like, it completely changes everything. The last game. They're the last uh, game of the game. So, it's like that. Right. Everton could have finished as high as sixth. You know? Yeah. Or if all things worked out, yeah. yeah. They could have finished lower than that, too. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, you know, it's – um. I'm just excited, man. You know, yeah. we're a week away. I can't wait. So we're like, we're texting again about the game. I can't wait to see all my friends at the pub again. I can't wait to, you know, get back to that whole Premier League uh, lifestyle, I like to say, during the season. Oh, yeah. And um, it's going to be fun. And, uh, and for us, it starts this weekend, but the games will already be going on. So oh, yeah. if we'll you be- guys are, haven't watched it, you should totally watch some because because uh, take it from, from me, who's a casual Premier League fan, to uh, you know, and, and you don't have to, you can follow any of the leagues. They're, they're all fun, but I chose Premier League as one of the ones I will follow more. And uh, it, it's just fun. Like, even just check it out, watch some games. I'm telling you guys are going to like it. Like, I, I think the one thing with soccer that uh, uh, people sometimes, they, they see the scores and they think it's like a boring game. It is not. A one to nothing game might have so many things going on that it might be better than a game that was four to three. Like it literally, like it, it just depends on, you know, like it's just there are other parts of the game besides just the goal. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, my one advice or my one thing, if I could get out of this podcast or just even being a guest star of it, is I hope one person, whoever it may be, whatever city you're in, there's going to be a pub there where locals go that are fans of a team. Go to that pub, watch a game with these people or like with fans or find a team that you like, you know, find a team that you identify with or maybe someone from your nation is playing for or something like, I like the logo. It looks cool. You know, go to a game or go to a pub, watch it at a game there and just soak in that atmosphere because, you know, I may not be at Anfield, but when I go to AJ Hudson's great pub, uh, it's a Liverpool uh, pub, but you know, it's also a very big Everton pub. The owners are from Everton, but you know, they also keep it open for Liverpool fans and Newcastle fans and all that other stuff. But like being around other people who are so intense to do it, you start getting into it too. And and, I mean, you know, I remember, uh, I don't know. I don't know if you've ever seen this highlight, but it was against Everton. It was Merseyside Derby when uh, Pickford knocked the ball over from the crossbow, came down already headed it in extra time. Man, there was beer flying around everywhere. People were hugging each other. It was insane. And I mean, you know, yeah, you're not at the stadium, but you got the next best thing. People who care about it and people are going to see it. So, you know, if you're tuning in and you're not a fan of soccer, you've never really been exposed, you know, give it a try. You know, go to a pub, go find a place that, you know, it's a game, maybe a derby, maybe a game with some significance in there. Not even then. Like most Premier Games, Premier League games are going to be pretty exciting. Yeah. You know, go there, experience it, have a beer, you know, in the morning. I know it's a little 
different, but you know, have a beer, hang out with some people, talk to people. Most people I've talked to that like Premier League soccer are very friendly people, and just you know, go from there. And next thing you know, you'll be buying shirts and uh, watching the game every day, and start crying and being happy during the happy times and sad during the sad times. But you know, I uh, most cities have outlets where and pubs where a lot of people meet up, and you meet a lot of cool people there too. So yeah, absolutely. And another thing that's cool too that I want to show for, especially for us in you know North America and the United States, uh, if you're a fan of just sports in general, uh, there are multiple months where you now can watch Premier League early in the day and then everything else yes. at night. Yes. <laughs> so it's just sports all day. <laughs> yeah, you know one of my favorite times of the year is when the NHL and the NBA are both in playoff mode. You know, you just got back to back to back and you're seeing all these awesome teams play and go for it. I'm just like, man, this right now is a great time for sports. And the baseball starts right around it's that time, too. Start. And, and, yeah. and the start of baseball is usually really fun. Right. Uh, diehard fans obviously will watch throughout, but uh, even casual fans will still watch the April and May games usually right. before they peter out until the September game. Right. And the Premier League, I think, comes at a good time. You know, they start usually uh, – or like mid early to August. So like right around baseball starting to get a little protraction there too. In October, uh, I know the NBA and the NHL, so either preseason's are started or they're already going. Yeah. So right now as a sports fan, I know it's another thing to throw in there, but most of the time it's just like early in the morning. So that way you can, if you want like a pregame for some soccer. And then after that, you can go watch some, uh, you know, White Sox playoffs, baseball, hopefully. Oh yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. So, I mean, we've been talking for a while. It's been, I, I, this is this has been really awesome to to be able to sit face to face, dude. Like, yeah, let's uh, hope it uh, stays that way, and we yeah, can uh, continue yeah, this. Absolutely, uh, it's always fun talking, obviously, Premier League as well, um, and just soccer in general. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, being someone who's kind of new to following uh, the you know domestic leagues as opposed to the national uh, tournaments, um, it's just been it's just been fun to be able to to have someone to talk to about it, and just. Uh, Kind of, you know, just there's a lot, there's a lot to talk about, and to be someone who's passionate about it is really fun. Um, I would recommend that to someone too. I, I, there's probably someone that watches it a little bit that you know about. Uh, oh, yeah. Just what I see on social media, and if you go to those pubs, like you said, you know, that's something that's uh, yeah, people or- are going to talk about. So it's just, I, 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 you know, when when you have a sport that's full of passion to mm-hmm. begin with, when you look at its history. Um, it's just fun to get into it and just, and, and just to, to sit here and talk about it and talk about sports in general, other things. It's just really fun. And I, I you know, I appreciate that, uh, you know, you're able to come on and, sure. and just, uh, you know, and, and just talk. Cause you know, so I know I had a couple friends that uh, may be a little shy about the whole podcast format, you know, but uh, it's really just having a conversation, having a beer and just chill. Yeah, we know? literally could have the same exact conversation at AJ Hudson's having a beer after a match Yeah, or before. Yeah. You know, it's a uh, uh, sports are a great way to bring people together. And even if it's a team that I don't even like, or are supposed to be rivals, like it's something we experience together as people who are passionate for it. And I mean, you know, I didn't play soccer growing up, but I've always liked the sport. I've always connected with it. And I mean, after watching a game, I kind of want to go out there and go play some too. Cause it's, yeah. it's just fun. Like, you know, it's just, uh, it kind of, it's a nice escape to get rid of all the other craziness that's going on in the world right now. It's a sport it is a great way to, like I said, you'll meet people that you'll never expect to meet too. And like, when you go to the games too, the commodity that you have there and uh, the excitement is, you know, next level. Oh yeah, absolutely. So, 
So, yeah, so, yeah. so, so thanks again, man. I appreciate it. For sure. It. You know, thanks to everyone who's been listening and supporting the Sun-Dried Tomatoes podcast and YouTube channel. Thanks to everyone who has subscribed and downloaded the podcast. Um, and to those who have subscribed to my YouTube channel, this wouldn't be possible without all of your support. I really do appreciate it. Once again, thanks to Javi for joining me. Uh, this was a really fun podcast. I hope to have more face-to-face ones like this as well. You know, until next month, salute.